up, everybody? It's your boys, Aaron and Adam. We're back at it again. Aaron, it's always good to see you. Always great, man. Hey, do you have anything crazy in that book? Because it's wide open. I don't know if they're looking. This is, the, you know sure. that I always keep a book <laughs> of like secrets. This isn't the book, though. You know the blue one that I carry around. Yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. the, that's that's like that's my deep, ID dark book. secrets. Oh. That you, yeah. Well, we got to get, hey, remind me. Remind <laughs> uh, forget you gotta, I said anything. You got to <laughs> distract him. I got to get the book, Durango. <laughs> no. Hey, we're super excited to be back with you again and uh, doing another episode. We've got a great guest in here with us today that we're excited to talk about. Probably the the most um, diverse backgrounds of, of guests that we'll have on the program. Brad Kloppenstein. Brad, it is good to have you in the room with us. Adam, Aaron, thanks for having me in. I love the studio. Yeah, thank, uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're having fun with it, and, and we're super appreciative that you're here. Yeah. That's it's good. The table's really cool. Yeah, see, see, the table is pretty cool. That, that was my contribution. Yeah. Uh, the wall's okay. Yep. The viewers can't see, but the the SoundCloud above us was actually custom made, and we need to have it repaired by the designer. Uh, but it actually mirrors the image of the table uh, above us. So. Wow. Yeah. Somebody put some thought into this. They did. They're, yeah. yeah. And He's handsome, too. It's in reverse. Yeah, it is. You don't got to tell everybody everything. Hell, well, look. I mean, if you're, if you're patting yourself, if you notice, look, that side is right here. I, I don't know yeah. how you had got sound deadening material in the shape of the Playboy logo, yeah. but that's impressive. <laughs> it is not that. Well, hey, uh, Brad, you've got an, a really cool background, and we were super excited to bring you in and, and just talk a little bit about, obviously, our show, we talk a lot about entrepreneurship and um, and business and work hard and play hard, and that's a lot of what you do, actually, for a job as the president of the Lawrence Chamber of Commerce here in Indiana. I do. I love it. It's, so I've been uh, president of the Greater Lawrence Chamber of Commerce for just over three years. I love working with businesses, promoting businesses, and promoting Lawrence. Yeah. So, so is, is is that the main part of your job is, is going through with the businesses, talking to people in the area about what's going on, and then promoting the businesses locally? So it's kind of three-pronged. So um, one is getting to know the businesses, just knowing what they do, trying to network people the best I can, do a lot of business-to-business. -business. Um, it was funny. It a year or so ago, yeah. I found there was one company that distributes all the raw materials and ingredients that go into making vitamins. And like a month later, I found another business that was a mile away from them that actually makes vitamins. <laughs> and they didn't know that either one of them was was there. Holy That's smokes. Funny. And so you bring those people together. We do a lot of events. So every month we'll do a coffee with colleagues. And that's where people just show up for 45 minutes. You get coffee and donuts. You network and then you go off to work. We did a state of the city last week or two weeks ago with the mayor of Lawrence. Um, I did a legislative luncheon last Friday where we had uh, four state senators and a state and a state representative that was there just talking about what's going on at the state house. So some of it's lobbying, a lot of it is networking, and the other third component is just promoting Lawrence and letting people know all the great things that go on there. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. But, you know, when it, we kind of, we'll jump all over the place here, but um, – I guess kind of, you know, from a pitch perspective, since we do have a lot of business owners that um, that listen, albeit from around the country, not just here in Indiana or specific to Lawrence, but what would you say is the value of a business being involved with their local chamber? 
a lot of it was what I mentioned, just knowing who's around you, obviously buying local. What's the old adage that a dollar spent locally circulates throughout the community seven times before it leaves. Mm. So the more money that you can keep in your community, the better off the people who live and work there are going to be. Um, it's, you know, we, we all live probably within eight or 10 miles of where we yeah. work yep. thereabouts. And yeah, the more of those dollars that you can keep at home, the more dollars are going to be spent at your business later on. I don't think yeah. I've heard that adage before uh, that I didn't know that, you know, that money stayed around and circulated seven times. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, that's really neat. Yeah, That's why gotta, it's important to stick with your local businesses. It is. Sure. It is. And so, you know, and then it, if you want to be somewhat altruistic, you know, the more you can, can, can cut down on transportation costs, the more that's going to save you and the environment money. Um, well, it saves you money and it, you know, it's good for the environment. So, yeah. you know, there's a big, a big green movement, especially with like produce and, and farmers markets where they try, you know, there's some farmers markets that say everything that's here has to be, have been produced within like a hundred miles. Yeah. And that is just to keep, you know, to cut down on greenhouse emissions that, that go into transportation. So, yeah. you know, that all kind of goes together. Yeah. It's, it's really pretty, cool. pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, there in Lawrence, you live in one of the coolest communities ever, I think. Um, Brad, Brad and I's wives work together, and so we get to hang out from time to time. And um, you guys live in one of the coolest places ever, I think. So in the heart of Lawrence is the old Fort Benjamin Harrison. It was an army base. Oh. So it was commissioned in 1903 and then decommissioned, I believe, in 1994. So where we live is one of the old officers' quarters. So there's an area called Lawton Loop, and it's 28 acres, and that's where they would do the drills for all the enlisted men. And and then all the officers, I think there's like 30 homes that ring that parade grounds, and that's where the officers lived. So once they decommissioned the fort, um, 1,700 acres of it went to become Fort Harrison State Park. Okay. Uh, some of the other areas, Lawrence is... My elevator pitch for Lawrence is where else can you go where you have a historic downtown that's walking distance to a 1700 acre state park and there's still room to grow. Yeah. So there's the historic area where we've got a, a bunch of eateries and there's a big tech campus that's there. That's a hundred, well, 400 yards from my house. Yeah. Uh, we got arts for Lawrence, which is a theater. There's live productions. We went to um, see a production of the great Gatsby. Last okay. Saturday night, um, Heartland Film Festival, Heartland Film, just uh, located their headquarters there. Oh, but that's yeah, cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So, and then there's, yeah, we've still got some open open lots there where if somebody wants to come in, you know, we can do anything from industrial to mixed use. We've got a, what, a, a mixed use development that's going in that I think is 170 luxury apartments and then there's gonna be like thirty thousand square feet of retail that's gonna have a, a nice restaurant yeah a lot going on things. in that area so yeah that's cool yeah. the the place that they live so these parade grounds it's basically just like a big open field yeah and there's a loop that goes around it and then i think from what you guys were telling us is there was um you know officer quarters all around it but it, based on your rank you had a larger a larger place so that there was like a basically a a small a medium a large and then like the grande I believe, right? And right. So, so yeah, the, the Grande 15,000 square foot home belonged to the general. Okay. And then there was three other singles that all went 10,000 square feet plus. Um, but yeah, the, way back when you knew the rank of the person based on the orientation of the porch. If the porch was off to the side, that meant you were one rank. If the porch was in the front, that was a different rank. Oh, wow. Ours is a small, so we're in a quad, but 
that was if you were a bachelor and an officer, you lived in the one that I lived in. So yeah, and it's it's a gorgeous home, like all brick, and I think it's still the original wood floors. It is original wood floors, and and, and even some of the windows, like it's the old school windows, where like you can kind of still see the the wavy glass, the wavy glass. That's really cool. It's it's crazy. I didn't know uh, how long wood floors could actually last, but. Um, our floors in our house are wood and we, we were looking at having them, um, redone, not taken out, but like sanded uh, yeah, down sanded yep. and, yeah. and finished. And the guy came over and he like pulled the vent up so you could see in and see everything. He's like, Oh, these have at least 250 years left on them. And I was like, yeah. wait, what? That's awesome. So let me yeah. tell you the key to a good floor in a, in a floor that's going to last. And that is a good roof. And if you need roof, please call any roof company. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> he can't help himself. <laughs> get that commercial in. That's, that's good. Now, Aaron Adams been there. The coolest thing about this place where we live. Yeah. Um, and this was kind of a condition before we moved in. I had a cool bar at my old house. And so Sheila, my wife, was looking around. And we looked at a lot of homes. But we were looking for a place that could house the bar. Yeah. So where we live. The attic, old attic that is in this building, the previous owners had converted into a um, homeschooling room for their kids. Perfect speakeasy bar. Uh, it is so pretty you, awesome. You've converted it all now. Yeah. So up. we we got we had a bar custom built for that, and yeah, it's got scads of TVs and lots of neon signs on the wall. How many pictures? You man. go you up got there. Pictures? No, you gotta got to go there sometime. And you go got, up there, and it, I mean, it's just he's got some of the coolest memorabilia. And, and like, how many old beer cans do you have? Do you, do you know? Thousands. Like old. I'll go, but I'm, you know, I need instant gratification. We need pictures. And plus the people I'm sure want to see as well. Aaron has its own Facebook page. Are you, are you serious? Clop Speakeasy Lounge. There we go. I didn't know that. I'll be looking at it. (laughs) Clop Speakeasy Lounge. Got it. That's fantastic. Which, uh, so you are a guy that, uh, you know, you love that kind of thing and everything. And then you, you love all things Indiana history. And so those two things converged for you recently even. And you went up and, and made an interesting purchase and then just had a launch. Yes. So I sold beer back in the 90s. It was, I, I call it my first career out of college. I, I spent a year as a restaurant and bar manager. But, okay. um, but I sold beer for four years. So I've yeah. always, always loved beer, love selling beer. And as Adam said, I have a distinct appreciation for history of Indiana. So okay. a couple of years ago, I acquired a trademark for, for an old Indiana beer. Yeah, strategically, he wore. Yes, Al, yeah, make sure I, you get a, it's, it's, just the microphone away so we get a good should, shot of it on the camera. What there. should I wear today for the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I acquired the trademark to Alp Sprout. And it was brewed up in Fort Wayne. They started brewing it in 57, and then it was out of business by 1978. It was brewed by Old Crown, which had been the Scent Liver Brewery back, dating back to 1862. Okay. So anyhow, so I started, Sheila and I started talking to breweries really around the country. So talked to a lot of microbrewers here in Indiana, talked to a few regional brewers, talked to a national brewer, and we're trying to find somebody who would be a good fit to brew this beer. And then finally this past fall, um, we hooked up with a brewery called Two Toms out of um, Fort Wayne. And I I talked to them a year or so ago, and at the time it, it, it wasn't a good fit for them. They weren't ready to do it. We got back in touch, started talking more, and Tom of Two Toms was like, you know, which, th- which Tom? Turns out there's only one Tom. 
Huh. <laughs> <laughs> so he, uh, his, he, he's still full time with, I think, waste management. And okay. when he said he learned to open a brewery, his wife's like, where are you going to find time to open a brewery? He goes, the other Tom will take care of the brewery. So that's where the two Toms uh, comes from. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So, um, so anyhow, so two Toms, they started brewing the first batch right before New Year's. Now, out of, sorry, out of curiosity, is two Toms, are they brewing other people's drinks, which obviously they will for you, but has that been their MO, or are they trying to do their own as well, or a combination of both? So he opened in 2017, I believe, up okay. in Fort Wayne as, as just a brew pub. Okay. So, and a microbrewer. So, he's been doing his own thing since okay. the beginning. He's never had a year-round style, and he's never brewed for somebody else. Right. So, so you're coming in with a consistent order right. brands. Okay. Right. Sorry, go so, ahead. yeah. So, so he wanted something year-round, given that the brand was from Fort Wayne. He had an interest in that. He, too, has an interest in brewing history. So, he is licensing the Alpsbrow trademark from me. Okay. And has put it out there. So... He'd also this past summer opened a uh, tasting room up in Fishers, so he's he's got a Fort Wayne presence and then a, a North Side Indianapolis presence. So we rolled this out in mid February, and it was such a successful launch. We sold out in eight days. Oh wow! It had we had to wait three weeks until the next batch was ready. So out of curiosity, did you just got the brand, or do you have like the original recipe? So it- we don't have the original recipe. I, Throughout this process over the last couple of years, I've become good friends with several members of the Synthliver family who are descendants of the people who had the brewery. Okay. The recipe is lost to history, so that's that's gone. Okay. So Tom came up with a recipe that is a very good tribute to what they were brewing back okay. in the 50s with just a little bit of craftiness to it. Okay. Um, it's a solid beer. I, I should have brought samples today. I, I don't I don't know where he my remember the are. shirt. He forgot the beer. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was doing chamber stuff up until I got here. Today, so I, I was distracted. So how does that work then? So obviously you had to seek this family out, right? Like, hey, I, I well, did you buy this from them or did like how did all that come about? So actually, I discovered it because it was an abandoned trademark. Okay, um, I had actually it started off. I was just looking at the U.S. Um, trademark and patent office trying to figure out who owned a bunch of these old brands. And most of them, I was able to figure out the owner on this one particular one. Nobody renewed it back in 1994 Hmm. and it just been out there, which, you know, the the brand went out of business once. There's not a whole lot of, a lot of call for this, but you know, started talking to some people who kind of vaguely remembered it, but it's just, it had a good history and just brewing was changing back in the sixties. And I just never, the brand never got a fair shake. I didn't think, so um, enough time had passed. That Did it, you know the brand from back then? Like, no. was it a? No, oh, my okay. my dad remembers some old commercials from it. Okay. Um, I don't remember seeing it. I'm pretty much anybody that has a beer can collection actually has an Alpsbrow can in it. Okay. So it was out there, but it's it's been a fun process. I mean, it's you know Sheila and I put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into this, but we've got beer that's yeah. you know, and you sold out already. That's we fantastic. sold sold out the first time, but it. It's funny, just because of my connections in the beer business, and I'm yeah. still president of the Indiana Licensed Beverage Association, which is a trade association for bar owners. So I've still got connections in the industry. So that was one of the reasons we sold out so fast. But, yeah. like, down here, Tried and True Ale House has it. There's a couple of places in Franklin that have it. Um, we're in total wine and more now. So 
That's it's, a fast freaking launch, man. That's awesome. It was. It pays to have connections. It does pay it? to have connections. Yeah. You guys know this as well as anybody. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not always what you know, it's who you know. I try to preach that on a regular basis because there are plenty of people that have got ahead from what they know, and there are also plenty of people that have got ahead from who they know. Yeah. yeah. So it's a little combo of both, I think, for the magic dust there. It is. It, I always tell people, don't burn those bridges with people just because, especially around central Indiana, we are a big city, but it's got kind of a small town feel, and people always seem to circle back yeah, into your talk. life. Life, and yeah, yeah, if if they have a good impression of you and a good experience with you in the past, sometime you're going to need something from them, and they're going to be willing to help you. And yep. in this case, it it's worked out fabulously. That's awesome. That's really cool. Brad's one of those guys that. Um, you know, you've heard of Kevin Bacon's six degrees of separation. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys that is, if, if you got, if you know Brad, then there's really only about three or four degrees of separation because Brad knows everyone. I, I, funny, there's a, uh, a friend of mine, um, Paul, that doesn't matter what his name is, but anyhow, he call he considers himself a friend collector. He's like, <laughs> I don't have a lot of real close friends. He goes, but I've got a real broad list of friends from all over the place. Yeah. I don't know that I'm a friend collector, but I do know a lot of people. And yeah. some of it is. So in addition to all this, I also do WIBC radio from time to time. I ran for lieutenant governor a dozen years ago. Don't talk about that yet. I want that, that's okay, gonna be we'll a, hold it back. Yeah. So, yeah, so I've, there's politi- I, I I got a political. I can't unhear it. Just yeah, for we're, the we're moving on. We'll come back. We'll that works. Yeah. <laughs> we can edit that his, out. His, his running mate is someone you'll know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, hold on. We're not. I thought we. We're not. We're not. That's room. it. No, no, so, we're talking beer. Uh, yeah. So um, <laughs> he's just like looking over to the side. Um, no, that's really cool. That that's congratulations on a successful launch. That's, Thank you. That's so really it's something. exciting. I'm not sure that I'll ever get rich on this, but how many people can say they own a beer? Yeah. Not me. You know, there's plenty <laughs> of things that people do that that doesn't get rich, but it's it's about the desire and 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 you know the enjoyment that you get out of it. So it's funny, last night, uh, Sheila and I were talking, and we were just kind of going over it, and I was like, all right, so far this year, I think we put about two grand into this beer, and we made about $500 back out. She goes, I've had $1,500 worth of fun so far. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great way of looking at it. And it's like $500 golf. worth of beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the beer's pretty damn good, too, so that doesn't hurt. Oh, that's fun. So, um so if you need beer on Sunday, oh, I guess you can get beer on Sunday here now. Never mind. Oh, yeah, if you needed a guy. I forgot that. But if you need locally locally brewed and and a, a good local business to with support. A, with a historic brand. Yeah, if you're you if go. you're into that kind of thing. Uh, so, so you've got that. Now, again, all things history, uh, Indiana is, is what you know as well. And this kind of gets into some of the play harder. But you and your wife, uh, I know, spend a lot of time – in one of two vehicles, both of which are pretty unique and, and traveling the state and going and take a look at things. So let's let's talk a little bit about the play harder side of, of Brad and what you guys do for fun. Sure. So um, Adam mentioned the vehicles. I've, like a lot of people, just from the time I was little, fascinated by cool cars. And so I've my primary vehicle is a big yellow Ram pickup truck. That's parked out in front of your yep. building. And then I've got a 93 Mustang 5.0 convertible. Fox body. Fox body. Last yeah. year, the Fox body. Um, this was a special edition. And so we'll sometimes tool around in that when the when the weather's nice. But um, another Facebook page we have call, is called Adventures with Brad. Okay. And, and this was born out of COVID. And largely, 
my wife doesn't like to have people to tell her what to do. And when the governor said everybody needed to hunker down for three weeks or, and then the mayor said, there's going to be a curfew and I'm going to arrest you. That did not sit well in my home. Yeah. And so and she was like, nobody's going to tell me I have to stay home. And I'm like, all right, they didn't tell us we have to stay home. They're just telling us to not be around people. Indiana is a big state with lots of wide open spaces. So on the weekends, we'd just get in one of the cars and we would just drive. We wouldn't necessarily even have a direction in mind. And we would just go explore. And the jankier the road that we saw, we're like, ooh, that one looks jankier than the one we're on. Let's take it and see where it goes. <laughs> and you can find a lot of cool stuff out there. Yeah, what's what's two or three of the coolest things that you've found in, in these travels so here in the state? Down at, there's an area called Medora, Indiana, which is kind of southwestern Lawrence County, so southwest of uh, Bedford. Okay. okay. There was an old brick plant it, that was just there on the side of the road. We, That's not far from the property you're, you're uh, buying. It's not? No. Interesting Nor- enough. Norman, yeah. Indiana? Yeah, so not, it's, where's Norman? So it's Norman southwest is of Bloomington. It touches Bloomington. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Just a little further south. Okay. From there. Mm-hmm. So down Valonia, I think, is the nearest town of size to this area. Okay. But we saw it. We find we like to find a lot of old bridges, and I've I've gotten skillful enough that I can look at the the map on on the dash, and if you see there's a river running through, and you can see where two roads come together, but then there's nothing that crosses the river there. Odds are there's a decommissioned bridge. Oh, that's where cool. those roads come together. So if I see something like that, I'm like, bear with me. We're going to drive down this road and see what's down there. Every once in a while, the bridge has been removed, but I'd say more than half the time, the bridge is still there. Did you guys uh, ever go out to like the Brazil, Greencastle, Mansfield area with all the covered bridges and, and check all those out? We've done a, we haven't specifically gone out to that area. We went out to um, south of like Attica. Okay. And we followed the uh, Wabash River around, and there is a lot of cool stuff out in that area. Um, yeah, it's a little bit more rural, okay. but yeah, a lot of cool iron truss bridges that still cross the Wabash, and so we checked that out. So that's cool. Um, there's a website called BridgeHunter.com, and huh. it's got a great list of every bridge ever anywhere, and it will tell you. It'll give you a little map of where it is. It'll tell you if it's still standing. Sometimes they've been gone. It'll tell you if you drive across it or what it is. And so if you know where you're going to go, and I think they've got it broken down by county. So you can just pull up a county. It'll tell you about what the intersection is, and you can just go to it. Whether it's haunted or not. I've never never seen that. but That's fun. So so two or three of the coolest things that you've seen when when you've been traveling, you said you were down uh, near Bedford? Down Bedford, so Medora. So the brick plant that's down there in Medora. Um, Is it still like... Operational or just no, no, it's, so it, it's been abandoned since the early 90s okay. um, and it's falling apart. So I, I know that there's a movement afoot to try to preserve it because these things look like giant brick igloos, yeah, and they're just right there off to the side of the road. And eventually, they are all going to cave in, but it, it's it's rather unique. Um, hmm. so there's a lot of good eateries around Indiana. I mean, it's certainly like the Schnitzelbank down in Jasper. Is always kind of a destination for us if we want to go down there. The other thing you need to know about Brad, and now's a good time to bring it up, Aaron, is uh, he's uh, clearly German and uh, enjoys all things German. Their wedding yeah. was was pretty cool. You had the, I don't know what they're called, but with the so with we, the suits and all that kind yeah, of stuff so and the beer steins, and it was interesting. Aaron, we had an opening act for my wedding. Okay. So it, it was a band called the Beer Barrel Boys. Okay. So they You've were, heard of them, right? Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> so we we had seen the beer barrel boys out someplace a few months prior to our wedding and right. um yeah and i inquired on how much they would be to play at six o'clock on a saturday night and the price was right i'm like i want you guys to be the opening act did you wear lederhosen i did not that's what it's called lederhosen yeah so okay. they they wore lederhosen but yeah, yeah. they came out with the, yeah, the alpine hat and the accordion and they sounded really cool it was they fun. were yeah. we I want to hire them again just for a party. Yeah. That would be cool. Uh, there was one that used to go. What's the uh, German restaurant downtown that has the... the oh, the Raskiller. Yeah, Raskiller. the Raskiller. I saw the, not quite German, but the Polka Boys there. Have yeah. you seen them? Like, yes. They're awesome. Next thing I know, there's a dude playing like uh, Snoop Dogg on the accordion. <laughs> <laughs> Can we find a clip of that, Durango? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be your intro music. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that's really cool. Um, yeah. And then, so you also collect beer steins and all that as well, right? Yeah. So we've, Sheila likes old beer coolers. So we're up to, we found one last weekend that was in great shape from Fair's Brewery out of Louisville. Yeah. So we've got like a half dozen of these cool old beer coolers that are in our hallway. Just as decorations. I'm not allowed to use any of them to hold beer, but but they look neat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be pretty cool, man. I had a friend that, uh, collected steins back in the day and um, they had some pretty cool ones that actually came from his grandfather in world war ii and stuff was oh wow wow pretty neat what's the deal like what's the history on this like why are they made that way steins i don't i'm not a so the I don't know a lot the about lid that. was to keep bugs out of your beer oh that's got a must it is so yeah, yeah so you just had a little flip top on there so yeah when you're at your oktoberfest celebration you know right you know how it is here in september you got bees everywhere Put that lid down, keeps the bees out of your beer. If my wife watches this episode, she'll never drink another drink without a lid now. <laughs> She's, She's like, like can we ha- get some beer she steins? She hates bugs. She's like, I'm going to come home one day, and it's just going to be all of our old cups are thrown out, and they're just all steins <laughs> with lids now. A, a little secret. Goodwill at goodwill.com. You can find beer steins all day long for like 10 bucks. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So were they originally uh, metal or, or, like, I see a lot of porcelain ones now and everything. But so most, yeah, most of the steins were some sort of ceramic okay. um, or glass, and then the lid typically was metal. Oh, okay. Just they're so it is to kind forge. of. Too, I got you. Yeah. So and you know, I I think the fancier the better. Everybody tried to one up their neighbor by having a fancier stein, so oh, that's why okay. they're a little over the top at times. Interesting. Yeah. Like, look at your pathetic stein. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, that, that, that looks just like a mug. <laughs> All right, so get, getting back to yeah, you had uh, again one of the, one of the most diverse backgrounds back uh, back several years ago. You were on a ticket. Um, we don't normally talk politics on the show, but I, we can do it a little bit here. Uh, yeah, you were on a ticket to run for lieutenant governor. I was with, with someone of of uh, well mention. Yes. So do you want to take a guess before he tells you what year was this again? Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. You remember? Did were you were you voting voting back in twenty twelve? I was of age to vote. I don't remember if I did yeah. or who it was for. So uh, tie dye. I can. Uh, we can drop a hint. Of Rupert, it. you got it. I was Rupert's running mate. All right. So isn't yeah. that fascinating? I did, that which I didn't pretty, know until your wedding. By the way, I really? honestly don't even remember him running. Yeah, nobody else did either. And that's why we <laughs> finished in just a third. <laughs> oh my gosh! So it was. 
It was fast. which, and he 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 was a survivor, right? A winner yeah. so of the was on, show Survivor. So yeah, so he'd been on Survivor, I think, at that time, like three different times, and he had won a million dollars as the fan favorite in like Survivor All Stars or something. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what that was. So um, he told I was I was aware of him. I was not a big Survivor viewer, right? Um, but I learned a lot. So he said that he he won that million dollars. The government considers that like lottery winnings. They don't consider that earned income. So he said of that million dollars, he really only got about four fifty. The rest of it had to go out in taxes, which then makes me dislike the government. How does that make you feel, Aaron? I hate taxes. I hate taxes. Yes, exactly. I I doubt that he's gotten $550 worth of value out of the government for that money that he spent. Yeah. So, But in any case, so he was going to run for governor. I had been involved with the Libertarian Party for a number of years, and we had talked a little bit, and he'd mentioned what I consider being his running mate. And at the time, I was like, Man, I I don't know that this will happen. However, it's it's a long shot, but that's a decent long shot just because if he caught fire, yeah, I'm like sure enough, who knows? Uh, so you did run on a liber- libertarian ticket? Yep, yep. So which at that time I had done some lobbying and I was kind of the legit political guy. I had consulted on some campaigns and run some campaigns for some Republicans and Libertarians at the time. Yeah. So while he was the celebrity, I was the one that people had known. The media kind of knew me. And so I was the one that kind of appeased. Stabilized. Yeah, stabilized it and appeased some of the party insiders on it. So um, it was fun. I got to do a debate with my two opponents at the state fair. Yeah. I kicked their ass. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, obviously. <laughs> so, but like running with Rupert was fascinating because when we were traveling around the state, things I would have never thought of, if we had to stop for gas, we'd have to build in like an extra half an hour because we would. Everybody. Every, as soon as word got out that Rupert was in whatever little town we were in, they called or texted everybody else in town and they would just flood this gas station and it'd be half an hour of him signing autographs. Yeah. And, That's and that was crazy. like pretty hot on the trails of him winning that money and kind of getting was, that stardom yeah, too. Like so two or three years afterwards. So, I mean, he was very much a, a known entity. So I, I never watched Survivor or that season, but um, I know him just because of those type of things. And then uh, he used to come to my wife's family's auction um, and he used to come up there a lot. My wife. So actually, you know the guy ish. There's like full circle I, here in our conversation. I, well, I mean, you can do the Kevin Bacon thing, but yeah. like, I don't think I've <laughs> actually know, ever know a guy that knows. But a guy. like, my wife's first Facebook picture or second Facebook picture, I think, is like her and Rupert. <laughs> See, <laughs> that, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's so, so funny. Now, the, you mentioned how many, you know, the the votes, and yeah, we, at the time we'd set the record for the best third place finish. I think that's been eclipsed since then uh, in fact i know it has but the the sad part of that was that dude i'm i'm sure i watched him sign a hundred thousand autographs we only got hundred and ten thousand votes so he signed a lot of autographs for people who forgot that he was running for governor or didn't vote for him or or those are the only votes he got plus ten thousand that's also possible. Yeah. <laughs> See, I like to think I brought 10,000 to the table. Uh, you know, that it, it's really interesting. In um, I have to wonder, so he was probably, certainly from a state perspective, like 
celebrities run for office all the time now, but that kind of wasn't common back then. Especially in Indiana. Especially I mean, in Indiana. Yeah, Indiana has, we have a limited number of national celebrities to begin with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so you count, what, Mellencamp? Don't, yeah, nope. Well, yeah, who, <laughs> I mean, I'm not even sure who else we would have. Michael so. Jackson? Isn't he Gary? Isn't he Gary? He, uh, yeah, he's he was, Gary. yeah, he was. Um, but yeah, the, the ones that actually live here, there's not that many. So Tony Stewart, if you're listening, I, I'd like to see him punch some political people in the face because I think he would do that. From what I've heard about his attitude, he might punch political people. Uh, I'd, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'd, I'd be down with that. Yeah, we want to see that, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> Need to have him on. He'll be next week's guest. <laughs> we're, we're launching his campaign for him without him in the room. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that's super interesting. But yeah, you know that. So I have to wonder then, you know, because again, that, that that really didn't happen back then. But now you wonder, you know, if he, if he were to win Survivor now, and then that were to happen, I'd have to imagine that it would pull in more votes at in in today's climate. Because I feel like it's a little bit more acceptable to vote number one third party, number two. Um, based on celebrity status. Right. And so I still think that we would have a hard time getting people to, to take any celebrity seriously just because they didn't come through the political ranks. Trump was able to do it, but Trump has always kind of skirted politics and has chimed in on it and just, you know, yeah, was, was known. Whereas Rupert was known more just for entertainment purposes and, trying to do that pivot and not only say, yeah, it's not just that I'm this pirate guy that you've seen on television. I have a lot to offer and have some thoughts on the new, or, you know, the issues of the day and just people would cover us, yeah. but more as, as, as an oddity, as opposed to a serious campaign. And that was one of my big disappointments that we could just never get that traction. Do you think that it was tough because, um, uh, you know, he was always in the tie-dye shirt and everything. Like he, he never really churched it up, if you will, with you know, cleanly shaven and all that like, kind of stuff. Like he trimmed his beard down to a third of the length from before, and a lot of times he would have a tie-dye, but it would either be only his tie or maybe the kerchief in his jacket. But still, yeah. Oh, but he he actually was putting jackets on. Yeah, stuff. I mean, he was yeah he was wearing suits, and I mean, he he did the the serious political thing, and and he did it well. And he had a lot of good ideas, but just, yeah, for whatever reason, people wanted to be around him. But Well, I, I mean, has there ever been a libertarian uh, in, in Indiana? It's not on, a high, not on a high level area. Yeah. Now, I had a libertarian judge that performed our ceremony, wedding ceremony. Well, yeah, so, no, so, yeah, sorry. so we've got I mean, some city council, some some local judges, but, yeah, nothing on a state level or, or in the state yeah, house. So that's already an uphill battle, even if he was doing it great is. and you were doing great. Right, you know? so that's why I say it, it was kind of a lottery ticket, but on the outside chance, Sure. Yeah. I'm in. No, absolutely. It I wasn't mean, reputation. Somebody's got to get it first, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that was as good a shot as anybody. Yeah. So, so that was fun. Yeah, interesting stuff. That, that, I mean, either way, you end up, up with some pretty cool stories about it. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, everything I've done in my life largely is just to get good stories. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, like. You're like Jay Peterman from Seinfeld. Just, just. Uh, we should have an Alps and talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we should, only I would have brought a cooler. Yeah, no. Okay, I got to come back next time, and I'm supposed to bring the beer. Uh, but like little things. So like I mentioned, I had lobbied. I lobbied mostly on alcohol issues. Yeah. So like some of the things that you enjoy today, 
that uh, that I'm responsible for. Used to be you could not buy alcohol on election day until the polls closed. I was one that helped get rid of that law. Uh, used to be nice. you could not buy alcohol on Christmas day. That was me. Um, the whole daylight saving time when we first started doing that was going to be that the bars were going to have to effectively close an hour earlier. Yeah. Got that to go away. Um, got you, pull tabs legalized. You guys have a lot to thinking for. Wait, you're responsible yeah. for pull tabs? Pull tabs. That's, I've, I've, uh, well, actually, obviously me and a coalition, but I was a key person that got that ball rolling. And yeah, I, I was about to give you props, but I lose too much money on pull tabs. So you, you, <laughs> you, you lose. That's why I, on, yeah. that's why I looked at you. There's this place not too far from our house that, uh, like a little family restaurant or whatever. And I kept on one night seeing this lady go up and I'm like, what the heck is that? And I can't remember who I was with, but they're like, it's pull tabs. And I'm like, what is it? They were like, it's kind of like lottery tickets. And then, so I'm like, oh, okay. And like, they kind of gave me the background on it and. I was like, I'll buy a couple bucks or whatever. And obviously I lost that couple bucks, but I've been actually at that restaurant with you when you have spent hundreds and <laughs> I don't know about hundreds, but a lot yeah. more than a couple bucks. Seems, seems extreme, but um, yeah. I mean, you got to drop a 20 at a time. You can't buy one pull tab no. ticket, you know, you got to get a 20. So here's the deal. I was at the Slippery Noodle downtown, right? Mm-hmm. Um, first time I ever did pull tabs, I think. You know, this was a long time ago, probably when I was... I don't know when pull tabs become legal. <laughs> oh, let's see, that would have been about oh eight for bars. Yeah, so so it was probably around oh eight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, probably when it when it was, was started up, and I got a bunch, and I'm sitting here opening them, and I'm like loser, loser, loser. My friend's helping me open them. We get all done. He's like, yeah. I was like, oh, well, that's stupid. I'll never do that again. He's like, just kidding. I got a $500 one. And I was like, oh, my God. They're mine. He was just yeah. opening yeah. it for me. I was like, oh, my gosh. So we won. And, uh, and you've been sucked and you've never won been again. downhill <laughs> every <laughs> since. They, they hooked me in. They're like, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> I don't play often, but when I do, I will typically go up to the machine and see which one has a very nice last sale. Yeah. That goes with it, and then look and see how many tickets are left. Is that yeah. what you, you like? You can see how many have been bought because yep. uh, somebody else was telling me like, "Oh, you got like I'm going to do this," but you know, we got to talk to the bartender and see because they know when the last hit was and blah blah blah. And I'm like, this is weird. I mean, to an extent, like they got to beat the people got to turn them into them. Yeah. So, yeah. so the reason it was not legal is because it's this is a form of gambling. It's gambling. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, the government doesn't like people muscling in on their monopoly. Yeah. What yeah. about the 50-50 raffles at the high school football game? Uh, those are legal. Those are yeah. legal as long as they've got the proper permits. But they got a permit for that? Yeah. So That's that goes so through crazy. the State Gaming Commission. So Sa- Same with the Catholic churches? Yeah. So, yeah. So as long as That's you're so a... so weird. As long as you're a not-for-profit, you put in your application with the State Gaming Commission, and initially I think it's a $50 application fee. And then once you're done with the raffle, you tell them how much money you made and how much money you made on your last fundraiser determines your application fee for your next fundraiser. You know what this sounds like to me? I've been watching the show Tulsa King. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, the whole premise is he's a mobster that moves from New York to Oklahoma and, and you know, he shakes these businesses down essentially. That's what this sounds like. Government graph. A government no, shakedown. Yeah. That's, like, that's exactly cr- what it is. It is. And I'm, I'm over exaggerating my, naiveness at, at the moment because of the taxes and everything. But I mean, seriously, like when you look at that plainly, like that's crazy for, and I, so I'm saying this because I've got a friend that is, he's a high school band director. And once a year he does a big event where they do some kind of raffle or whatever. And he, he has to do this. He has to get his, his 
gaming commission license to to like auction off a pair of freaking socks you have <laughs> that cost two dollars, but he'll sell them for you know twenty dollars just to just to get money or whatever the case you is. You have it's to crazy. turn in the name of all the people who are going to be selling the tickets and yeah, the name, their address. I think even their social security number, driver's license number, or something. Yeah, that's a money grab. Gotta get a gotta get a cut of the action, just like the guy from Tulsa King. It's crazy. <laughs> Aaron hates paying taxes. I don't know if we've ever talked about that. I mean, we all do. They're the but you. worst. <laughs> They're the worst. They're it's like, so hey, bad. let me get a. I'm glad you were busy and you did this shit all week. Let me get a half that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll offer you protection. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah that's exactly what it is. Yeah, but if the you guy don't says. pay, you'll need the protection. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's a racket. Uh, I, I was I was looking at it, and they uh, originally, it's crazy to think where they came on taxes because you know the old Boston Tea Party. I was going to say let's 2%. let's let's get some Tea Party stuff going. Yeah. Well, what they did is they not were, politically just let's get the tea peop- parties in the, the river. People voted it in because they told the people that they were only going to tax the rich, and so the people then voted in taxing, and then they rolled it out for everybody and just continued to yeah. That's so. the, the implication was only the rich drink tea. Yeah. Turns out, yeah. nope, everybody did. Yep. And we've been paying taxes on green tea ever since. <laughs> I hate tea, too. <laughs> See, I hate, like, food and beverage taxes. Yeah. That is no different than if there was an asphalt shingle tax. Yeah. You're taxing one industry for no apparent reason. Because. Because, you, because they can. Because. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. We should probably move don't on from plant, this. I, yeah, I'm going to start flipping tables okay, over here. Don't so. plant the seed in anybody's mind about yeah. a shingle tax, by the way. <laughs> we'll have to close our doors. Aaron's about to go nuts. Hey, all right, take, take a minute. Let's take a deep breath, Aaron. <laughs> Maybe grab a drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's funny stuff. Uh, so what, uh, what's next for you? What do you got on the horizon? Where is your focus going to be? Uh, my focus is still in Lawrence and running the Lawrence Chamber. Telling everybody why I love Lawrence. In fact, there's a hashtag. Hashtag why I love Lawrence. Hashtag. Okay, that was that was cool. Is that what all the kids are doing yes, now? Yeah, yeah. Hashtag. Okay. I feel Durango. Can you can you check to see if there if that's no cap? That that's legit. Okay. Uh, all right. See, Durango's got my back. <laughs> Ask your boys; they'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So Man. I've got that. Um, with the successful launch of Alps Brow, I've actually acquired three more historic Indiana beer trademarks. Oh, really? You don't even know I this. don't even know. This is so, hot off the press. Hey, welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aaron, you take over the questions now because I don't even know what to ask on this. So I, I now have Indianapolis Brewing Company, um, Nickel Plate Beer, and Circle Are these City brands beer. that previously existed that you Brand, know? Okay. So these are full brands, not just lines. Correct. So they are brands that have not been produced in anywhere from 20 to 60 years. So is this well, all of them right the, there? That is that is the whole universe of the new ones there. Okay. With Alps Brow on the front. Sorry, I only brought one card for that. I love that Indianapolis Brewing Company beer logo. That so, is so cool. Yeah, so there's two versions. There's one that's got the, uh, basically it's the lady from atop uh, Monument Circle. Oh yeah. So just kidding. It hurts so yeah. Feeling. So she's up on top, and then there's another another circular one. So um, yes, sometime in the future, I will be talking to Tom of Two Toms to see what his capacity is to do other beers. And if he's not interested, then you're gonna have to like he's gonna have to change his name to Three Toms you with might. all this action going so on. 
I'm going to make Tom sell beer whether he wants to sell beer or not. <laughs> Tom, you've been warmed. If you build it, they will come. That's down. exactly right. I, I think Tom has been a little overwhelmed by this because I told him, like, hey, I used to sell beer and I've got all these connections and I know a bunch of the people. And I think that he was like, yeah, sure. You yeah, know. Sure, Everybody guy. says they know lots of people and can get yeah. me in lots of places. And then, yeah, lo and behold, first, first run made it. Has he been pretty happy with the launch then too? With I mean, what's it's hard. To say. I have so? not talked. He's been very happy. I haven't talked to him a lot. I think he's been busy trying to produce more beer. Oh, that's good. So yeah. So you're you're brewing that in Fort Wayne, and then you said that they brought it down right. to the Fisher's so, location. Yeah. So so yeah. So he is distributing out of his location in Fort Wayne and out of his location in Fisher's, and then they'll put it out in retailers from there. Yeah. So so we've got a, a salesman that actually lives in Greenwood. Mm. So effectively, it's it's going anywhere within 30 miles of Greenwood just because that's where he, he delivers. So, yeah. you know, as, as it continues to grow, we will. So you just stack it on his truck and he sells it there with, with the product. So, yeah. So we'll, we'll pre-sell it the week ahead and he's got a bunch of invoices and then he'll pick up that beer and then distribute it throughout the week. So he's actually doing selling and distribution himself. So, okay. So, yeah, so it's, it's a, you know, it's not a bad. Well, that's setup. cool. It's down in Greenwood. Cause uh, that's where we're, Close to so right, and we're definitely within the thirty mile range. Yeah, or since it's your guy, I mean, he could just make put us right on the delivery route. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> yes. <laughs> since he didn't bring us any today, that's fun. Well, that's really cool. Um, what do you think? Uh, last couple of questions here as we kind of wrap things up. What um, you know, you get a you get a chance to sit down with some really interesting business owners. Obviously, even. Um, some politically affiliated people, some media affiliated people. What's what's one of the things that you see right now that um, where a lot of business owners are focused in the in the state? You know, we got, and I'm not trying to like be political or anything, but there's a lot of things that are going on right now. Elections coming up and all that kind of stuff. Where do you see a lot of focus going right now? A lot of it, and you guys probably see this as much as anybody. Um, it's still a problem getting people. It's not as bad as it was maybe yeah. nine months ago. But getting people to work and show up to work who have the skills to be able to do the job. Where did they go? Yeah, because I was wondering the same thing because it's like I get while the government was giving out money. Mm-hmm. But like that stopped, right? Like yeah. a while ago. A year, about a year ago, I'm right? telling you, this feet finder thing is off the hook. <laughs> so some of it is I think that there were a lot of people that were working 10 hours a week. Yeah. That, you know, so they're not full time in the economy. But. If you have a hundred people working ten hours a week, that's a thousand hours worth of labor. And if they were students or semi-retired or retired or working a second job, I think a lot of those people are still out of the economy right now. Yeah. And so it's it's a lot of the kind of almost gig workers that and, that aren't there. Or people got really good at their side hustle. I th- I think some of that. I also think that you know there's a lot of like even national and multinational companies that they got real good at the work from home game. And so now, you know, look at the organization that I came from, they didn't really have a strong presence in the state of Indiana. They do now one because of the acquisition, but two, because they literally will hire people for their sales team anywhere in the country. doesn't matter where you live. It can be in a rural location. We'll ship you a computer and a, and a telephone and you can do your, your phone sales job from literally anywhere. That is another big shift. I mean, Indiana has had a big push for um, rural broadband. Yeah. And, more and more employees 
figure out where it is they want to live first and then figure out what it is they're going to do second. It used to be the other way around. It used to be you moved to wherever your job was. Yeah. yeah. And now the more connected that, you know, smaller Indiana communities can be, there's some people that want to get out of the city. And, you know, and as long as, like you say, as long as they can stay connected, they can do a sales job from anywhere. Yeah, and I think quality of life is becoming a more uh, prevalent thing, too. And, like, everybody's saying, like, I'm just going to do whatever I do. Like, I want to have a good quality of life. Yeah. That's um, a big shift Yeah, it, in, that, in it's the a job market shift. right now. You know, my, my grandfather and my dad, and I say that, you know, kind of air quotes, but also literally at the same time, you know, you think of those generations, and it was just, you know, you, you get your good job, you lock in, and you stay there for 30, 40 years, and then now it's, you know, there is no longevity. No, no employment. very few places offer pensions anymore. Right. And, you know, your incentives to stay are less. Uh, it used to be that those benefits were kind of what kept you there, but your employer would also take care of you and take care of your family. And now, you know, yeah, whether it be gig economies, whatever, people find that they can probably do better on their own. Uh, other issues with business, Supply chain is going to continue to be an issue, and it's really China is just now opening back up, and so much of our stuff was coming from China. I think that there is a movement afoot. I know, like with computer chips, that was a big problem because almost everything was coming out of Taiwan, and now I think that there's a dozen computer chip companies that are, are plants that are being built here in the United States. I think two of those are up around West Lafayette. Oh, really? In Indiana. One's in Lafayette, maybe another one's out toward towards Bloomington. But I think there's a realization that we cannot rely on the rest of the world, especially someplace like China that may or may not be our ally. Um, and yeah, I was going to ask you about that because, again, with the circles that you run into and, you know, the state reps and everything and, and mayors and things like that that are going overseas and, you know, they used to go over and, and petition those companies to do more business here and all that kind of stuff. Is that kind of thing still going on or are – are state leaders trying to look at, Hey, let's actually do what's best for Indiana in Indiana. So they're still doing the trade missions. And a lot of those going overseas, were trying to encourage Asian companies to have a presence here in Indiana. And, you know, and I think that they had a fairly good job. Obviously the Subaru plant was a result of, of one of those trade missions. And, and there's some other tangible results that come out of that. Um, I think ultimately the United States needs to get back to making the things that we need to sustain our lifestyle, whether that be energy, computer chips. Um, so we need to have at least some manufacturing here so that we're not so reliant. And just, yeah, Asia has always been a little volatile, and, and I don't know that that's necessarily going to change. I do always say it's probably bad policy to want to bomb your customer. So that's <laughs> so, so that that's probably the one thing that keeps China from from getting in our knickers too much. But you know, China seems to be wanting to play with Russia a lot more, and Russia is not our friend. And you know, I also think that we probably need to be making sure that our digital um, um, infrastructure is protected. And you know, they talk about TikTok, and they're, they've you know, made government employees take TikTok off their phone. It's just because China does own TikTok and it'd be pretty easy to put a Trojan horse in TikTok and whatever China wanted to flip it on and either disable your phone or all your data is going over to China. And I, you know, I think those are things that we probably need to pay attention to. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting yeah. stuff. I've kind of heard that. And they, they talked about that back when, um, 
the last president was in office, uh, and they were talking about like, getting rid of TikTok and that whole thing. And like, I never really thought about it. Like, I got TikTok on my phone, and I make funny TikToks with my kids. But uh, you know, you start thinking about that stuff. You're like, yeah, technically, I mean, I haven't read the privacy rights of TikTok. Like, I don't read any of that stuff. I'm just like, all I of it weirds me out. Uh, yeah. All of it weirds me. I was having a conversation with somebody on the phone yesterday, and trying to think of what it was about. I think it was on insurance stuff um, where we're doing our, our personal home and auto insurance or whatever. And then now like all the ads on YouTube are insurance related. And like that just, it bugs me. They listen. They yeah. They, they it do. bugs me. It, yeah. It's, it happens. And I think probably for your own well being, you're better off not thinking about that. Yeah. I'd like to think that I don't have a whole lot of state secrets that I'm keeping, but some people do. Right. And yeah. yeah. And you know, if they yeah, if they get a hold of the right person and the right phone, some Can you imagine stuff- how complicated that has to be. Like if you're if you're an elected official, the security you've got to go through or or just somebody like with a top secret clearance kind of thing, like that's It'd be a lot of stress. Well, we have me. a lot of insurance agents that are members of the chamber, and I've talked to them. And cybersecurity coverage is one of their big issues right now, just because all it takes is r- one ransomware claim. And I mean, that can take down an entire insurance company if it's big enough, because some of these, you know, some of these ransoms are $10, 15000000 million. Um, That's crazy. And you almost have to pay it. Otherwise, you have no business to go back to. So, yeah, those are always things to, to kind of keep an eye on. I, I hate to be a downer. We've had a great show up until now. But, it, you <laughs> know, you bring ask, it down, Brad. Yeah, you, you ask what people are talking about, and those are some of the things that are out there to at least be aware of from a business standpoint just because, yeah, I mean, it could cripple you. Think about everything that you, you do. All your invoicing is digital. All your banking is digital. You know, all your work orders that you're sending your guys out to, it's almost all digital. And none of that's handwritten anymore. So you're giving me a complex. You got to (laughs) go. Bye everybody. (laughs) No, that's, uh, it's, it's interesting stuff that, I mean, you, you got to take into consideration when you're, when you are running a business is, are those types of threats and, and protecting yourself and protecting your team. We always, you know, whenever we're talking about our business, we always talk about it in terms of protecting our team members. You know, it's, it's one thing for Aaron and I, but it's another thing that, you know, we feel obligated to protect, uh, the folks that work here. Right. And yeah. I mean, insurance is legalized gambling. It's like, what is your risk tolerance on something like this? And, you know, how much is it worth to you to know what the peace of mind is, but you can't be too insured because otherwise you're never going to have any profit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, exactly. And then that, I mean, you get into the big corporations then that self-insure and, and whatnot. So that's, that's another, I, you know, that's gotta be a big choice to go, Hey, you know what? We're so large. These are massive companies, obviously, but we're so large that we don't want to pay those premiums. So we're going to self-insure like hopefully this factory of $150 million doesn't burn down. to the <laughs> yeah. ground, you know, like, <laughs> So when are you guys going to start manufacturing your own shingles? The mm-hmm. indie roof line of. I would say products. I would personally say. Never. Yeah. <laughs> we got manufacturers that do it so well already, and that seems like a lot of work. They've they've put the the thought, the effort, and uh, the business into play. So we'll just keep buying those and keep installing the roofs. So the materials you buy, where do those come from? Um, we work with two suppliers. Um, we work with Owens Corning, and then a company which is obviously every I think most people know Owens yeah. Corning, but um, the lesser known one is called Malarkey. 
uh, which is a funny name. And they even joke about it. It's the, it's the guy's last name. And he said, with a name like Malarkey, we got to make a good product. Right? <laughs> yeah. uh, but they actually do have a really good product. They're impact-resistant polymer modified, like a rubber inside. They mm-hmm. looked at, You couldn't tell the two. If I held them up, you wouldn't be able to tell which one was rubber in the middle and which one was the normal oxidized asphalt. But uh, the rubber ones have a little more impact resistance and a better rating. Owens Corning has those as well. But they're the top tier of Owens Corning line, mm-hmm. um, whereas these are just every one that they make is. So th- those are the two primary uh, ones that we use, and, and we've had great success with use both of those partners. Exactly. Yeah, uh, it was, I think, uh, I don't know, I, I'd just gotten uh, connected and in, in plugged in here, so, you know, a couple years ago. And uh, this was literally like the week after we had, lunch or dinner with Brad and Sheila and they're like, what are you doing? I'm told, no, oh, I got this, you know, great new job and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, man, I just signed a contract last week to have the whole complex at Fort Bend redone. He's the president of the HOA. And I was like, what can we do to get around that contract you just signed, Brad? <laughs> um, Adam, I will tell you that contract is this close to going to court. So oh, really? Oh, that's still Did going they ever on. do it? That's been a- slowly. We are on year three of this to do th- 15 buildings, 30 units, and it's, it's not gone well. Um, well, you know what? Let us know how we can help. Yeah. <laughs> if you need anything from us, just give us a shout. I, yeah, we, we will talk when we're done with this. <laughs> <laughs> now, we uh, we appreciate you coming on, though, and, and just, you know, it's I always love getting to talk about um, stuff going on around the country and all that kind of stuff, but especially in the state. I, I love the state of Indiana. I think it's a Me great too. state. And uh, to hear some of your travels and, and some of the things that you're doing and, and, you know, resurrecting with some of the brands and everything is just, it's a cool story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Beer for sure next time. I think we're going to be talking about penis pumps, honestly. My, it might not even be my beer. They might not have any. Might yeah, be sold yeah, exactly. out. If we're sold out again, we're going to be drinking Coors Banquets, and we're just going to be happy. Awesome, That's awesome. Uh, well, I appreciate you coming in, man. It was fun Thanks, to get. Guys. Like I know that fun. you know Adam. We've met a couple times, yep. um, but it's good to get to know more of your backstory and learn about all this stuff. So, thank you for coming in. Well, thanks. Yeah. I, dig, I dig the studio, and yeah, anytime. Thanks so much. And thank you for joining in. As always, please make sure that you like and subscribe. Ring the bell. Share with your friends. Tell your Nana. uh, Help her watch it on on her computer and uh, help us grow as as we continue to grow. Yeah, hashtag help us grow. You got to do the thing. This way or this way? Oh, this way. Both both facing out. All right, there we go. Awesome. Till we meet again. 